podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am master life coach and mindfulness expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Hope you guys had a nice 4th of July weekend. I took the week off from podcasting and a couple days off from working. And so I'm so excited to be back with the microphone, back with you guys. Hope you're doing well. You know, today's episode might be a little bit of a tangent from some of our previous ones because I think that on top of just talking about sex, because I could talk about sex all day, let's be real. Um, Some of the things that I'm teaching, I realize, especially when it comes to through the lens of sexuality and through the lens of having mind-blowing sex and pleasure are oftentimes very advanced practices. And I say that not because they're so hard you can't get them, because most of you listen to this and you totally understand, but they are difficult to put into practice and see results right away because it is a practice. This is a skill. All of the things that I'm talking about and teaching here are actual skills. And even though we understand them, putting them into our real life, it can become a little bit trickier. So one of the things that I wanted to do today was to go back to some of the basics. So on top of, you know, talking about sex, some of the skills that we're creating here are skills that are going to translate to all parts of your life, duh, but they're also just nice to talk about just in and of itself, like in a whole episode. Because when I, as I mentioned a few times on this podcast, like I started out my coaching profession as teaching mindfulness and teaching meditation. And that was my first entry point into this kind of work and into growth. It continues to be my bedrock of my own practice is exploring mindfulness and meditation at even a deeper level. And for those of you out there who've maybe dabbled in it a little bit or heard about it, again, I'm not going to be talking about meditation here, so don't worry. I'm going to be talking about something else. But what I think the common misconception is, is that you try it a couple times, quote unquote, didn't work, or you feel like you've reached the pinnacle. Is that how you say that? It kind of sounds like penis. (laughs) Obviously, I have penis on my mind this morning. Surprise, surprise. Um, so the pinnacle, I think that's how you say that word, the pinnacle of, you know, being mindful and there's always more, there's always another layer. So whether you're brand new to becoming the observer of your mind, or this is a totally new concept to, or I guess that's the same brand new and totally new concept. If you're a beginner or if you're more experienced, Always listen to somebody talk about meditation and mindfulness and becoming the observer like you're doing it for the first time, because we always hear something else that we needed to hear to be able to take our practice, whether it's new or an old practice, to another level. And I think this is specifically true when it comes to talking about sex, because sex and being able to have like mind-blowing, knock your socks off, like good fucking sex, then 
We need to know what's happening in our minds. We need to be able to not only witness all of the ways we're blocking ourselves from choosing pleasure, from creating desire in our body, from creating our sensation, all of those things. But we also need to notice like what's happening while we're having sex. (laughs) Where is our mind going? And I bring this up because it is a skill. And so if you actually practice this outside of the bedroom, if you're practicing this as a discipline that you're doing on the daily, it's going to be so much easier because there's so much stuff going on during sex. There's another person, unless you're doing a self-pleasuring session, you have all of like the old learning and habits and thoughts and blah, blah, blah. Plus there's like, you know, bodies involved and sensations. And so if you're trying to learn how to become an observer of your mind when you're in kind of like the hot bed situation, it might not work out so great, right? Just this totally just reminded me of like childbirth, like people that don't ever practice relaxing. And then somebody tells them to relax, like in the middle of having a baby, it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to tap into relaxation at like the height of like the human experience. And it's the same kind of thing with sex. You're not going to be able to learn how to become an observer of your mind if you've never done it before when there's so many other things going on in sex. I mean, you could, but it's a lot harder. So I want to bring in this concept so you can start to develop it as a skill outside of sexual activity so that when you're trying to create more pleasure and when you're actually in the act of having sex or having a delicious self-pleasuring session, you know what to do. You know what to do with your mind. You know how to manage it. It's easily accessible to you, that skill of mind management, because you practice it. Okay, rant over. Okay, so today, and this is going to be a series. So today what we're going to talk about is how to become a master, masterful, that's a hard word to say, a masterful observer of your mind. And this is just this, just the beginning. So becoming an observer of your mind might not seem directly tied to pleasure, but again, trust me, all of this stuff is. Because as we develop this ability, as we develop this skill, it's going to create lasting change actually changing the structure of your brain, you guys. It's like going to the gym and like building your bicep muscles and then you leave the gym and all of a sudden lifting your groceries out of the car is easier, right? So you're building something in your brain so that you can apply it to your business and manage your mind so that you can apply it to your sexual life and have like amazing mind-blowing sex. So you can apply it to your relationship, your marriage, your relationship with your kids. So you can notice when your mind is getting in the way of the desired result, what you're actually trying to do. So first and foremost, mindset has as much or more to do with sexual desire and your ability to not only go after pleasure, but also to experience it. So your mind is busy. It's like really, really busy. And most things happen under the radar. Otherwise, we would go nuts, right? So our brain has designed this way so we don't lose our shit. And some of us lose our shit anyway, right? But to try and put some of the things it deems not important or some of our habits, including our mental habits, kind of in the back 
like the back room, right? It's like in the basement or the attic. It's like, who who the hell knows what's in my basement right now, right? But I put it down there. It's down there. I just don't want to think about it. So your brain kind of does the same thing. It's like taking all the Christmas decorations and putting it down there. And so you're putting all these things away. You're putting them away, not on purpose, again, so that you don't get overwhelmed, so that your brain thinks it's helping you to focus on the things that are important, like the urgent things that are right in front of you. So when it puts in these things, when our brain takes these things and puts them somewhere where we can't even see it, it's just at a place that we can't access it. So we have to try and access these sorts of things on purpose. And if your mind is dictating your desire or lack thereof, which it is, by the way, so I don't even know why I'm saying if, that is your thoughts are leading your feelings. They're leading you to act in a certain way, and they're creating the result of either having an amazing mind-blowing sex life or having a lackluster one or not really having one at all. So you need to know what's in the basement of your mind. We need to bring that shit up so that you can see it. So then you know what you're dealing with here and know which direction to go so that you can be able to get to where you want to go, which hopefully is, you know, toe curling sort of situations. So this is a prerequisite for everything. Know what is in your mind. Become aware, become a seeker of those mental habits and patterns that are keeping you from pleasure in your body. Because it is wired to deliver you some mind-blowing pleasure, but you got to know what's getting in the way of that. So I had a meditation teacher once, I think this was like almost 10 years ago, teach me this analogy and I want to share this with you. And it has so many times kind of helped me remember things. And when he described it, he was talking about it in regards to an anchor. So For long-term meditators, you're very familiar with this term. For um, other people, what it means to have an anchor is just a place for your mind to focus on. It's what it comes back to over and over and over again. Like when you're sitting in meditation, you're paying attention to your breath. Your breath is the anchor. It's the place you're telling your brain, hey, pay attention to the breath so that you can see all of the things happening around. It's a place to come back to because if we're just like, be quiet, and then your brain's like, blah, 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 I don't know what to do, right? So we have an anchor, we create an anchor for a place for the mind to come back to. So the analogy, so think about like standing, you know, walking down, you're out hiking and you see a puddle and you notice this puddle and it's kind of connected to a stream and it looks pretty still. It looks like there might not be a lot going on, but you pick up a stick and you very calmly put the stick into the water. And all of a sudden, when you put the stick into the water, you notice all of the things that are floating around. You might notice some subtle movements. The water is actually moving very subtly in in there. There might be some debris, all these other things, right? But you couldn't really see that there was actually movement to the water until you placed something that was still. Then you could see all of the movement. So this is what we are trying to do with creating different kinds of anchors throughout the day, whether that's a point of focus for what you're going after, like a goal, and then seeing everything that's getting in the way of that, or if you're actually trying to experience something like your breath, 
like um, the touch of fingertips on your inner thigh. Mm, So good, right? Like if you're trying to experience these kind of things and you're using a point of focus as your anchor, then you're going to be able to see all the other places that your mind wants to go. And when we decide that pleasurable sex is important to us and we want to have this as part of our life, then this can become the stick. This is the anchor to allow you to see all the swirling around it. Choosing the pursuit of pleasure and like going after your pleasure potential in this realm will allow you to become aware of all the thoughts, all the beliefs, all the learnings that have created your current mental status regarding sex. And this status is why you are where you are. If you're having amazing mind-blowing sex, it's because of where your mind is at. If you're not having sex and you're not choosing sex, It's because of where your mind is at. If you want to have better sex, we have to know where our mind is at so we can see what we're dealing with so we can start to notice where it is we need to go to get to the result that we want. So knowing what is in your mind is becoming the witness to your mental happenings in the first place. And unfortunately, this isn't something that we're normally taught, right? And what I also find so interesting is it's not that we're not just taught it, But we start to learn it. A lot of people are understanding meditation and mindfulness, and we think we know it. Like we understand it cognitively, that there are thoughts in our mind, and we should just watch them and notice them. But that's not what happens. We don't actually do this on purpose very often because the brain is a tricky son of a bitch, and it's going to pull you back into default mode often. You have to, on purpose, decide you want to become an observer of the mind. You have to practice it. It is a skill that is developed over time and it needs practice along the way. Notice what is already there. Intimately get to know your mind, your emotions, your behavior. And then as you begin to collect this data, you can hold it with acceptance. You can hold it with understanding. You can notice where it is you desire to make changes and you can get to work. This is what so much of meditation and mindfulness is based on, is practicing becoming the masterful witness of your thoughts. But we have to begin here. We have to start with the mindfulness practice and bringing the thoughts, bringing the awareness of what's going on before we can do anything about it. This is where so many people lose the mark because what they're actually doing is just trying to change their actions and their behavior, but they're not aware of what's going on their mind that's creating those actions and behaviors in the first place. And when you don't know what's creating those actions and behaviors in the first place, and you just go straight to changing your behavior and your actions, it's not going to last because you haven't become aware of what has created the habit that what is actually blocking you is a thought that you're having. That's why you don't want to do it. That's why you feel exhausted all the time. That's why you feel so stressed out. So we have to go into the basement of our mind and we have to be courageous as fuck and bring this shit up so that we can see why we are where we're at. And I'm not talking about going in your past. So don't get like (laughs) freaked out that we're going like down into like the past. You don't have to do that at all. Oftentimes you don't. People think that we always have to go and heal our past to move forward. If you can just 
be present with what is and notice you're having a thought, no matter how that thought came there, no matter how that learned belief got there, and you're able to work with that now, you don't really have to spend a lot of time in the past. You can, it will help. You totally could, but you don't have to. You can get so much progress just by bringing mindfulness to what it is you're currently thinking, regardless of how it got there, whatever you're currently thinking, and be like willing to see how those current thoughts are showing up, you're going to still be able to get very far of the goal or your desired result you want. So mindfulness opens your eyes to see more clearly, but it is not where it ends. It's really where things begin. So mindfulness observes where we are hurting and you see where you're resisting something so you can maybe offer compassion instead. And mindfulness allows you to watch the weaving of a story in which you've become a victim to a circumstance. But then it's the conscious rewriting after this story that makes you the heroine. So mindfulness allows you just to understand that no one in fact can make you mad or sad or happy. And you start to see the thinking that's creating these emotions that paints a situation in these particular colors. And it is the desire to evolve that offers you a new palette. So mindfulness notices the motion, but it's your ability to tend to the emotion with kindness and love that cultivates resiliency. So what we're doing here is we're practicing the mindfulness so that we can take it to the next level of all these other things. Mindfulness will allow you to immerse yourself in sensations of the body, and it can identify the difference between a craving or a true, real pleasure. So what we are doing here is we are starting with becoming an observer. You're witnessing your mind. This is the mindfulness I'm talking about here. So we notice all of this. We notice all of it and then we get curious. We begin to see the particular thoughts and beliefs that are getting in the way of our goal, of our desired outcome, of where we really want to be headed, of how we want to show up in the world. We become intimately aware of how that thought, like your partner should be doing more, is causing so much tension in your relationship. You begin to notice how when you think that thought, how you feel in your body, how it causes your stomach to like knot up and your shoulders just to shrink in. You may even notice how it makes you avoid your partner when he walks through the door. You may notice how you look at him like he's not enough. You may begin to notice how when he makes advances that you automatically retract away. And it's not that you don't want this, but you're thinking the thought he's not doing enough. And all of a sudden, it has created such resistance and retraction in your body that you can't even connect. Because that thought of he's not doing enough has been running rampant in your mind for hours or days or weeks or months. And guess what? It's caused you to lose that loving feeling. This is the kind of thing what I'm talking about. You get to see from the place of an observer how this story plays out in your life, how it is creating a life that is less than desirable. And even if you have a great life, it doesn't mean that it can't be amplified in some way. 
When you're thinking and believing a particular story in your mind, then what it does is it truly creates this outcome in your real life. You get to see when you become an observer of your mind, how it affects everything. And then you get to get curious about it and why it might be like what it might be like if you didn't have this story. And that's where the magic happens. So we have to be courageous enough to like open the lid and see what is inside. See all those thoughts that are muddling things up and keeping us from where we want to go. It's easy to notice that your mind wants to be judgy and critical of your body every time you see in your see yourself in the mirror, right? That's not easy to notice. I think I said it is easy. It is not easy to notice. Hell no, it's not easy to notice. If all of a sudden you decided to open the lid and you're paying attention to how you talk to yourself when you look in the mirror, that shit is uncomfortable. The first time I noticed like how completely destructive my inner dialogue was, I cried like a lot. Because it's really hard to see somebody, even if that somebody is you, talking to you that way. And I realized that some of the things that I said to myself when I saw myself in the mirror, I would never, like not in a million fucking years, say that to a good friend. Damn, I wouldn't even say that to like a stranger on the street. Like horrible stuff. And when you see that's happening in your brain, it can be kind of well, like horrifying, right? You're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea I was so awful. Like, and it can make you sad that you have these kind of thoughts going in your mind. This is where the courage comes in because yeah, it's uncomfortable becoming keenly aware of some of your thoughts, but it's so empowering because this is just your brain. This is your brain being a human. This is your mind being unsupervised. These are thoughts that are just happening. But when you see them, it becomes empowering because once you see that they are there, then you have a choice to do something with them. Then you can choose not to actually be a part of the story. You can choose not to live out those thoughts. So this is exactly what happened with me. I started noticing all this stuff and then I could do something about it. I could see all the ways I was living with this inner critic and how that was preventing me from showing up. I could see the judgmental thoughts I had of my husband. I could see all of these things that were keeping me from the life that I wanted and creating the kind of impact that I wanted, right? I couldn't connect like with my partner the way that I wanted to. I couldn't feel pleasure in my body for fuck's sake because inside it was an internal war zone. So when you decide to open the lid, when you decide to become a witness, when you see these thoughts as just as what's happening, then you get a choice. Then you get to do something about it. And that's pretty amazing. So the tendency, what I was just talking about here, right, is the tendency to once we start to notice. So let's say you open up the lid, you're starting to notice all this shit that's swirling around in there and you're horrified. So the tendency is to immediately judge what you see, right? So it's like you've been beating yourself up, then you notice you're beating yourself up, then you're beating yourself up for beating yourself up. (laughs) So 
I'm giving you this forewarning and telling you on this episode that I want you to prepare that when you start to peel back the layers and notice the kind of things your mind is thinking, you might not like all of those thoughts. You not might not be a fan. You might decide, oh my gosh, I'm like a total asshole, right? So all of these things might be happening in your mind. And the practice then is to not only witness, but to become a non-judgmental witness. Notice the tone of the noticing. Notice these are thoughts. Notice this is what your brain does. This is all that's going on, okay? Nothing has gone wrong. You're not a crazy person. Everybody has that shit in their brain, right? There's nothing broken. So what you do is you notice and you're like, huh, that's interesting. Never knew that was in there. That's it. You can say it just like that. Huh, how interesting. How fascinating. I didn't realize I was thinking that. Okay, now I know, right? So you can bring this tone of like curiosity and you're like, huh, interesting. Didn't know. Because it's not going to help anybody if then you get really upset and you're creating more thoughts about your thoughts. So one practice I teach my clients, and I use this practice myself all the time, is adopted from a cognitive behavioral therapy sort of practice. And this practice is step by step. You take your experience and you slowly separate it so that you can become more removed from what you're experiencing and you can step into that non-judgmental awareness. So let's take the example. Let's say that your partner's name is John. So John, you're just noticing stuff. You're, you know, being a boss lady, you're managing the house and you're thinking to yourself, like seeing your partner, John, and he's just doing whatever he does. And you're thinking, he should help out around the house more. So we're taking this noticing, okay, John should help out around the house more. And the first step that you want to do is once you see that you're saying that. So you're saying, your brain is saying that like it's a fact. And when you notice that you're saying this like a fact, it's going to affect your feelings, your emotions, it's going to affect your behavior, and then it's going to affect your results with your relationship with John, okay? So you're thinking, I should, he should help out more around the house. Then what I want you to say is, oh, I notice I am having the thought that John should help out more around the house. Okay, so it's one step removed. Not he should help out, but I'm noticing I'm having the thought. And then we go one step further and go, oh, I notice my mind is having the thought that John should help out more around the house. Huh, how interesting. So let's talk about it like as far as a body thing is concerned. I could look in the mirror and go like, whoa, my boobs are super deflated. (laughs) And then I could go, huh, I notice I'm having the thought my boobs are deflated. Huh, I notice my mind is having the thought that my boobs are deflated. How interesting. Because when we begin to allow ourselves to see these as sentences in our brain, as thoughts in our brain, they just become one of the 65 to 120,000 thoughts you're having, and they're not quite such a big deal. So I want you to try one out for yourself right now on this podcast. So pick something that you're thinking often. So maybe like, yeah, Danielle, but my husband really should be helping out more. Or I'm just not really that sexual of a person. 
Okay. Whatever it is, decide it. Now, what I want you to say is, I notice I am having the thought, insert your sentence. So say that out loud. I notice I am having the thought blank. See how that feels in your body. And then moving on to, I notice my mind is having the thought, insert your sentence. And just feel that. Notice how just the simple act of saying it out loud, saying what you're thinking as a fact in the moment, your true story, noticing it as a thought, noticing it as a thought your mind is producing, how that allows you to step by step remove yourself from the experience and become a masterful observer of your mind. To be able to do this, you have to put yourself in the place of being the observer. You become like a scientist in a field study. You're watching what is going on, but you're not actually part of the field study. You have your notebook. It's waterproof, obviously. And you're just writing notes out in the wilderness with your slicker on, okay? Think about Jane Goodall and the chimpanzees. She just took so much like care to observe what they were doing, to watch what they were doing. You want to be like a Jane Goodall of your mind. You're not like, oh my God, I can't believe they're like scratching their ass. Eh." It's like, oh, how interesting, chimpanzees scratching their ass. Hmm, I wonder where that's going to lead. Okay, so we're just noticing, we're just paying attention, we're becoming a scientist of our mind. We watch with an element of detached curiosity and noticing how these thoughts play out in our lives, how they are affecting us. Where our non-judgmental like is coming in, like our non-judgmental awareness and noticing it because we are the witness to it, not the subject. I hope that makes sense for you guys. So awareness and becoming the masterful observer of your mind is the entry point. This is where we begin all the growth and change. Know what you want, know where you're wanting to go, and begin to take a closer look of where you're at right now, where your mind is at, where your thoughts are at, where your belief is at, so that we can then take care of them. We can tend to them. We can see which ones are working and which ones aren't. When you offer yourself the proposition of having a greater sex life to your mind, then as a thinking human being, I want you to begin to watch your mind and see the types of things that are keeping you from this desired result. You can bring in small practices if you want to do this, right? Like a seated meditation practice or even just ordinary tasks like brushing your teeth. Like just pay attention to brushing your teeth and watch all the places your mind wants to go. So whatever it is that you're going to do to practice this, I encourage you to do it. A mindfulness practice isn't just about doing the practice itself, like sitting on your cushion. It's what you're creating. And that's the ability to become a masterful observer. And when you become a masterful observer, you literally can create anything. Because now you know what you're working with and now you know where you want to move. 
and how to do it. What's getting in the way? What's blocking you? What's serving you? What isn't? And that's what we're going to talk more about next week. It has been my absolute pleasure being here to help you guide you guys to becoming like a masterful observer of your mind. And I know the more that you practice this, what I shared with you on this episode, witnessing your mind in such a beautiful way that you're going to be able to bring yourself to a mind-blowing sexual life, to creating more pleasure in your life. And I just want to say thanks again for sharing how much you love this podcast on Apple Reviews. If you haven't done so yet, I I ask, please do so, because the more that we share how this is, the more pleasure other women across the world are going to be able to experience. And that's the kind of world I want to live in, because that's pretty amazing. Can you imagine all the ladies walking around not only pleasured, but more self-aware? Brilliant. Amazing. So please share it with your friends. Write a review if you feel so compelled. And if you have any questions about me or my one-on-one coaching practice, you can find me at daniellesavory.com. Okay, have a lovely, wonderful, pleasurable day. Talk to you later. Bye.